You're listening to WRBB News, a collaboration show between WRBB Radio and the Huntington News, which are both clubs at Northeastern University. Uh, I'm Bella, and we have my co-host, Grace. And today we have Val O'Neill here to talk about the surging application rates for Northeastern Universities. Is it for the next academic year? Yeah. Okay. All right, Val, could you just give us a brief summary of your article and the work that you or the story that you covered for it? Yeah, so this was just a very brief article about how Northeastern has yet again broken the record um, for the amount of undergraduate applications they have received. Um, This year it reached 98,373 applications for the incoming fall 2024 class, um, which is up from, I think, around 96,000 last year, 91,000 in 2022. Um, So this was just a brief kind of breaking news, if you will, sort of story to announce that Northeastern has yet again just gotten more and more applications um, year after year. Yeah, and um, so did you talk about the acceptance rate at all for previous years? Yeah, so one of our stories that has actually been like trending on our website for months now was about um, the acceptance rate um, for... I guess, last year's incoming freshman class, um, and it dropped to 5.6%. And it took us a while to figure out the exact acceptance rate because you can't really just divide the numbers um, in order to get the correct acceptance rate because it involves like yield and all that complicated stuff. Um, So that was down from 6.7% in 2022. um, So we can obviously assume that it's going to go down again um, this year, but we don't have the exact numbers yet, especially because... Um, regular decision hasn't come out. Um, So they were able to obviously announce the number of applications they got since all the deadlines have passed, but we won't know the exact acceptance rate until a little bit after um, regular decision comes out. Um, But especially because of the over-admission for the class of 2025, um, the acceptance rate will definitely just continue to drop. especially given overcrowding problems on campus and that continuously rising number. And is that acceptance rate, is it, I know this is talked about a lot, but is it including like all of Northeastern's programs like NUN as well and like the like satellite campuses they have? I can't say this with 100% certainty, but I believe it does include all of those um different campuses and different programs um the app the application rate number i think definitely includes all of them um in the northeastern global news article which is kind of like how we found out about this number um they talk about how there was more interest in like students saying that they would be like open to attending the oakland campuses or the london campuses since that's now something that you can choose on the common app um so i think It definitely includes all the various programs, but they just still have an overwhelming amount of students that only want to come to the Boston campus, and that's just not something that they can accommodate, unfortunately. Yeah, definitely. I feel like Boston is also, since it's the main campus, at least that's what I associate Northeastern with, and I haven't been to any of the other campuses, but I definitely feel like there is probably a little bit of a detachment from Mm -hmm. the university and its general like culture, I guess, if you're at the other campuses yeah I think you mentioned this in the um, article Mm -hmm. but I guess what to what reasons would you personally attribute 
the rising acceptance rate too? I mean, I know they said, oh, well, it's only natural because we're so great. We've got all <laughs> these campuses and then and then and the experiential learning. Do you think that that's really it? Or could there be anything else that you can attribute it to? I definitely think that it's co-op. I think that as like the years go on, people just realize that like, especially since the job market is so hard that having that experience is like so unbelievably helpful, but also like something that I've been hearing from people for the longest time, like even since I applied is the fact that there's no supplemental essay to apply here. And like, I know so many people that were just like, oh, whatever, I'll just apply. I don't have to do any extra work. Like just click one button. And like, obviously Northeastern has to, it's all very complicated, but like with the um, amount that they accept, they account for people that choose not to come here. So it's like very like, they have to rely on the fact that some people will just choose to not come here, but there are more and more people that are applying here with the intention to come here, which is why the acceptance rate is getting lower. Um, But yeah, I definitely think that it's mostly co-op. I don't really think that the global presence, in my opinion, is affecting it just because as we see, like everyone wants to come to Boston because it's the hub of the school. Um, like I think that people are attracted to Northeastern for its study abroad opportunities, but I do think that most people, I think it was like 18% of applicants said that they would go, like be open to going to Oakland and 18% said that they'd be open to going to London, which is just not a lot compared to the, you know, 70, whatever it was that said that they would prefer to come to Boston. Um, so I think that the study abroad opportunities are like, very attractive but if people wanted to go to school in London for four years they probably just choose to go to school somewhere in London like I think that people do feel very detached from Boston since it is like the hub of the university when they're at those satellite campuses so I don't necessarily think that that is what's drawing people here even if the school you know wants to say that that's why i'd be interested in seeing um because as the northeastern global news was the one that was reporting a lot of the stuff right mm-hmm. um i'd be interested to hear more about the 36 percent statistic because it says um those applicants would be open to studying at london or oakland as their first or second choice right. on their application so that could just be plenty of people who aren't the ones checking the box or they're categorically like, no, only Boston, and they're just putting out their second choice, you know. Yeah. That could be a majority of that third. So I don't know. Like on, on paper, a third looks like a lot, but I'd be maybe cynically willing to guess that it's actually less than that, that <laughs> yeah. actually even want to go abroad. Especially, I think, if you click it, you might feel you have a better chance of getting yes. in. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Um. I'm also interested to know, I don't know if you know anything about early decision um, acceptance rates, but I know early decision acceptance rate is higher, but I'd be interested to know if more people, since you said that they actually have the intention of attending, um, if they get in, I wonder if more people are applying early decision as a result. That's a good question. I don't know, but I would think so. I mean, when I was applying to universities, like, that's what I always heard was like I can't remember the exact term but it's like showing that you're like really committed to one school definitely definitely. gives you a better chance um but I remember like when I I applied early decision and it was like 30 something percent when I applied and I remember thinking like wow that's pretty high like 
compared to like whatever it was at the time, maybe 16 or 18 percent like in total. So like I'm sure it's much lower for early decision. But I also know that like something that attracts a lot of people to Northeastern or just applying is the early action Um, because it's like another way to show like I do really want to come here. So I'm going to apply early, but I'm not going to bind myself to a contract. Um, But I would also just be very curious about early action rates just because I do think that most people apply early action like if you know they know about the deadline and they get their stuff done on time um but I definitely think that's a good question and it would be interesting to find out like how the early decision rate compares to the regular decision rate this is kind of weird I don't do you guys think that there this impacts kind of school culture at all or like the way that the student body like behaves or feel about itself like it's not even a leading question like I'm just thinking like whether that you know whether that's an ego boost for people who do make it um you know like that the stature is getting better whether it's like because I, I think so, uh, deep down people are kind of happy about it oh yeah yeah I've definitely noticed people also dropping the statistic a lot more even online I've seen mm-hmm. like acceptance rates people being like I got into a five percent acceptance rate yeah school. You know, yeah so that's a good point and also people, I think, are kind of spreading their net wider. Like, people mm-hmm. are just applying to more universities in general because of the college admissions culture. But I think you were going to say something. Yeah, one of the stories that we're, like, trying to pitch that hopefully will be written by the time <laughs> this goes up um, is, like, a student reaction piece to the acceptance rate because the story that I wrote was just kind of, like, a brief, like, this happened, this is why they say it happened. Um, but we think that it would be really interesting to hear from students because, yeah, I definitely think a lot of people think that it's sort of like bragging rights um but I I mean I've like I think it was like today I saw a TikTok and it was like a Northeastern alum like bragging about it and I'm like you don't even go here anymore (laughs) like and you're bragging about 98,000 applicants um but yeah I mean there was also uh we do like bi-weekly-ish stories on the faculty senate um and there was a quote in it that I ended up taking out but I thought was just horrible where somebody I don't remember who it was said like something about um how we can like compare ourselves to like lower class universities that aren't doing as like high quality educating or something like that and I just think like I don't know I don't think that our acceptance rate going down necessarily makes us like comparable to like an Ivy League school like it's just that it's such a popular university to apply to but I think that a lot of students definitely take it that way and kind of feel more prestigious about where they go even if like you know they applied four years earlier when it wasn't that hard um so yeah I definitely think that it, it hopefully if we can do it it'll be really interesting to see how students feel about it if it matters to them at all or if they feel like it makes their attendance here more valuable yeah, no one, no one's immune to elitism. <laughs> oh, everyone wants to be, you know, the social justice stuff when they're on the wrong side of it. But you know, get a little taste of those acceptance numbers. And <laughs> like, oh, go Huskies, you know, such and such. So, yeah, Grace, you got anything, to, anything to add? Um, not really. But I was saying, kind of saying it before. But I really have like noticed people talking about this school in more of with more of a like prestigious tone even if they're like applied when it was a little bit easier to get in or they're just really really um insistent on bringing up the statistics so 
Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you for coming in. Thank Val. you. Thanks, guys. And now we have Amelia Ballingall here to talk about the Huskies' uh, recent victory over Harvard on Monday in the Beanpot semifinals. And I guess the fact that they're coming to the, or will be playing and hopefully winning the championship game next Monday. Um, yeah, Amelia, just take it away and introduce some of the game recap or what have you. Yeah, well, it started out um, looking a little messy on both team sides. I mean, um, Northeastern, I believe, got out in front first, but later in the game, Harvard pulled ahead, and I, I wasn't sure for a little bit um, whether we'd be able to get back into the game, but tied up the the score 2-2 and then headed into overtime, and it was it was a beautiful overtime finish. They really, they they really had a good set play on that one. So, um, very excited for the uh, championship game on Monday, especially with it being against BU, since mm-hmm. that's our biggest rivalry. So that's going to be a good one. And it was that guy Gunnar Wolf Fontaine, right? That did the yeah shot. Yeah. So um, Gunnar Wolf scored on the overtime goal. Mm-hmm. Um, he dropped a pass back to Ritzkovian, skated into open ice, and then Ritzkovian had, like, the perfect pass across through um, Harvard's defenders, and Fontaine had an open net to shoot on. Yeah, so what is your prediction for the championship? How likely do you think it is that we'll win? <laughs> well, Northeastern and BU have already played each other twice this season, and both games went into overtime, so it's going to be a close match. I mean, even though Northeastern didn't look as great as they have in the past few games, they still pulled out a win on Monday night. And because, um, you know, because Harvard is not as highly ranked as a team as some of these other ones Northeastern has played, they're going to kind of have to work back up to what they'd been doing before when they beat BU the week before and Maine, who are both top 10 teams. And then, you know, playing BU again, especially with BU just taking down the number one team in the country of BC, that's going to be a, a really a mental game. I think the team does really well when they get their heads in the game. Um, I feel like they play kind of emotional sometimes. So uh, if things are going are going well for them, then they just keep doing well. But if things aren't going so well, it can be a little bit hard for them to kind of turn that around. And uh, this is kind of like interesting – or I, I really don't know because I don't follow sports, but the goalie, the goaltender, he's a freshman? Yeah, he is. Oh, wow. I That's didn't impressive. know that. <laughs> yeah, he has been looking a lot better in recent weeks, too. I think um, that a lot of that is also having a healthy team again because there were a lot of injuries this season, especially our top defender was out. So that's got to be really hard on a freshman goalie because you don't have as much support, especially with – that defender, Hunter McDonald, he's like the biggest guy on the ice for Northeastern. Um, so he's a good wall of protection in front of Whitehead. So now that he has a little bit more of that protection, I think it's really helping him to relax a little bit and he can make some really great saves. What do you think are like the specific strengths and weaknesses of the team this season? Um, I think that I'll start with the weaknesses because I think those are a little easier to point out um, is that Northeastern came in with a very new team and it it took a long time of adjusting because they did have to switch around the the line so much with all the injuries so 
lots of different guys have been playing together. Um, but I think that can also come as an advantage because, um, you know, one, they're, they're sometimes like more excited about being in a really big tournament like this. Um, and especially the older guys want to get this win for the younger guys. Um, but on the ice, some strengths for Northeastern, they did really well in transition on Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought they were able to move quickly into the zone and get a shot off, but they weren't doing a great job of keeping that space. So they weren't really staying there. They were kind of getting pushed back out again. And, you know, I think that Northeastern has done a good job of turning the season back around. They had a really hard time, but um, looking at it like game to game, they 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 did like have a really tough time against you know one of the lower ranked teams again with like they played RPI twice and they lost the first game and then the next night they came back out nine to two so even though they do play emotionally in the moment I do think that they game to game can come back in there and I think that they've had a really positive attitude which um, has contributed to a better second half of the season. What are what were like the highlights of watching them play uh, for you? I I was amazed to see uh, Cam Whitehead save that penalty shot. That's not something you see a ton. I mean, it's something that you hear about a lot, but it's not something you see a lot. Um, but you know, this game was this game was aggressive. I mean, that's another thing Northeastern has done well is um, they have. I mean, they've they taken some penalties and they've gotten some good penalty kill minutes, but um, they've also drawn a lot of penalties against other teams. Northeastern's drawn a lot of major penalties, so they've gotten a lot of time with, like, five minutes of having an extra guy. Um, but, yeah, that penalty shot was huge. I mean, without that, Northeastern would have lost because that's just one guy against Whitehead. And for the freshman to make that huge save the first time he's had to do that in his career against um a really a really difficult team in that game and with the entirety of td garden watching him you know a a huge crowd a crowd with the size that he hadn't played against before in a professional arena Mm -hmm. that's a lot of pressure and so that was a highlight for me was seeing him stand up in that pressuring moment and protect the net for northeastern this is kind of unrelated. Well, I don't know. But um, how was the, like, student turnout at the game? Because I know at least some people I, were, I was talking to, they didn't think originally Northeastern had the best shot, so they didn't even try to get tickets. And I know also other people had, like, a lot of How can they say tickets. that? We won it last year. I know, I know. Just, like, looking at the rankings. I think they also probably don't follow hockey the closest. But, yeah, how was the student turnout? Um. Well, it was kind of hard for me to see at first because I was actually sitting above the Northeastern section. So I couldn't see them too well. So to me, it looked like an empty arena because Harvard doesn't bring a ton of fans. But then once Northeastern started scoring, you could hear them. And then in between periods, we walked down to the concourse and we, we took some videos of the student section and you could just feel the energy in Northeastern section. And I think that it's going to be just as good of a turnout um, for Northeastern next week, if not better, when all the BC and Harvard kids <laughs> sell their tickets. Yeah, um, but I stayed through the second game as well, and BU and BC 
filled up the arena. So it it was a good showing for Northeastern. It's just kind of kind of hard to see that when there's nobody from the other school. Um, but yeah, Northeastern and BU, I think, will both bring a really good student section next week. Yeah, Harvard just think they're too good. You know? <laughs> they're too good for hockey. Too busy uh, studying. They don't have time for sports. <laughs> too busy being rich or whatever. <laughs> I do think the one area we have good school pride is is hockey though because i feel the like the one area yeah. i'm sorry i'm sorry maybe basketball sometimes <laughs> no no i'm agreeing the one area. no definitely right yeah i i mean i didn't always think so in even just the previous semester it was um smaller turnouts but once this semester started um i remember my friends talking about getting student tickets even to a game at matthews arena and those being sold out and then when i went to cover a game i I was I didn't believe it and then it wasn't just them but it was also like parents and families and people from other schools that were filling up Matthews and so they've had a lot better turnout even just in recent weeks and I think that the school spirit in for hockey has been growing a lot and I mean for women for the women's team as well there's been better showing from the fans yeah i mean the women won it too like just a few weeks ago yeah that was so exciting to see also because i know it was a big milestone that the women's team was playing at td garden so that was really cool to see as well yeah. well let's hope we get the t- double titles this year again yes let's like go huskies <laughs> Huskies, thank you so much for coming in amelia thank this, you yeah, amelia. thank you for having me news. thank you for listening